Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, the podcast dedicated to simplifying the commercial real estate industry for the masses. Each week, we sit down with industry experts to dissect the many facets of commercial real estate and extract valuable lessons you can apply to your business. Whether you're a new or seasoned business owner or investor, the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast will be your go-to resource for all your commercial real estate needs. Now, here are your hosts, Rafael Collazo and Jeff Walston. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Collazo, here with my co-host, Jeff Walston. How's it going, my friend? It's going great. How's everyone else doing out there as you're driving, listening to this? Um, everything's going well. Business is going great. Uh, about ready to finish up a bunch of my projects all at once. So that's really exciting. Um, but other than that, everything's going. What about you, Raphael? How's it going over there? Yeah, everything's going well. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot on the leasing side as of late, uh, which is which has been great. A lot of retail uh, leasing, and uh, you know, I've been doing a little bit on the industrial front as well. But overall, it's uh, it's it's been solid. Uh, you know, I'm getting married here soon, uh, which you know you're going to be there to celebrate with us as well. So, yep. uh, looking forward to that. And yeah, life could not be better. I say, uh, and even if I had things going on that you know weren't that great, I'm sure that you know it's there. There's so many more positive things going on in my life that. You know, you choose to look, you choose to have the glass half full approach. So, um, but, but just speaking of just a phenomenal conversation and, and I don't take this lightly because, uh, you know, the, the things we talked about in this podcast episode were just really, really interesting to me. And, you know, Christopher Jurgen, who is the founder and CEO of uh, Kiwi offices. Uh, he was also a broker for many years uh, uh, on the, on the office leasing side. Uh, but really uh, what we focused on within this uh, discussion is you know what got him interested in the commercial real estate business to begin with? He he had come into the business after uh, you know uh, war, uh, studying economics in college and then got into the commercial real estate business. Um, you know he we talked about a little bit about his transition into uh, the smaller office concept. He had uh, he had operated within the larger scale of office leasing for many years, and he had talked about how with each subsequent recession from the 80s, 90s, all the way to the 2000s, uh, the, the footprint that office tenants were looking for began to shrink. And, you know, he, he identified the, the, the strong need to find smaller office uh, opportunities within the marketplace. And so he took on that, 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 uh, that mission and he ended up starting uh, Kiwi Offices, which is a, a provider for these smaller office concepts where you can lease space, uh, you know, a small office for month to month or, you know, up to a year uh, commitment. So, um, you know, he's had a lot of success in that in, in his his uh, market of New Jersey. Um, and so we kind of touched on, you know, some of the struggles that he faced early on, some of the obstacles he, he was able to overcome. And now that he's on his third project, you know, some of the struggles now he's facing with getting, uh, you know, the construction side, you know, figured out. He started the third project just before COVID in 2019. And so he kind of shares some of the things that you know, he's, he's had to deal with since then. And hopefully he'll be live here with his third project here soon. Um, and then finally, at the end, he kind of shared uh, some insights for landlords. So if you own an office building or you own another building, you know, what are some of the things that you can do in order to repurpose it so that you can actually attract some of these types of uh, tenants to your building as well. So I thought it was a very insightful conversation. You know, obviously, you know, Jeff and I, we, we talked about this, this concept uh, in the past. And so we were kind of just going back and forth about different ideas uh, that, that, you know, obviously uh, were, were of interest to me uh, and, and Jeff. 
uh, over the last several years. And so I, I found a lot of value in this particular podcast episode. What about you, Jeff? Uh, yeah, Chris, great guy. I, I like how he uh, was, you know, giving back as, as getting all those tips and tricks for people who would like to start something like this and re uh, revamp their building in a way to get uh, more tenants in there, but help with the cash flow and everything. It's in my opinion, an ingenious way. So uh, I like what he had to say and, and what he's on to up there in New Jersey. So uh, I can't wait for everyone to hear the podcast. Also, uh, we always are. I always say this part is the show is free, but we do have a, uh, ask you for one thing. It's kind of the price for the show is to recommend our show um, for a colleague or anyone that's interested in commercial real estate. Uh, we would highly appreciate that. Um, and then if you guys uh, think about anyone who would be great or you would like to hear on the podcast, please reach out to Raphael or myself, um, get in touch with us, and hopefully we can get that person on the podcast to uh, you know give you even more value to our podcast. Oh, for sure. No, I couldn't agree more. And and obviously, we we, we greatly appreciate the support that we receive from you guys ever since yeah. we started the podcast. You know, the, the, the best uh, vote of confidence for us is if you share it with an, another individual. I mean, our goal is to reach the broadest audience possible, and we would just yeah. want to make sure that, you know, we're able to do that. And one of the best ways to do that is to make sure that, you know, people within your life that you think would gain value from this podcast, please go ahead and share with them. Because I think that, you know, they may very well gain some value from it, and hopefully it it, it impacts them in a positive way uh, going forward. Another thing we'd like to ask is, you know, one of the things that we always are, are, are shocked by and, and, and obviously honored by is the, the five-star reviews we've received. Uh, I think yeah. we have over almost 60 reviews now uh, on, on the podcast, which is amazing. Uh, and, and obviously it makes a huge impact in people's decision to initially listen to the podcast. If you see a podcast that has a lot of positive reviews, it'll give, it'll make them think, oh, okay, let's, let's take a listen to this. And you know, the, the, the goal at that point is to retain them as, as a listener, but uh, yeah. You know, one of the best things we could possibly receive from you is your vote of confidence in uh, review. So if you haven't already, you know, don't do it. If you're driving right now, we want to make sure that you keep your attention on the road. But if you are, you know, able to please stop by Apple Podcasts or Spotify and just leave us a five star review. We really would mean the world to us. And, you know, we would greatly appreciate it. So, again, thank you all so much for first listening and engaging with the podcast. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the podcast. Well, hey, Chris, great to see you this fine afternoon. Likewise, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show and taking the time. We appreciate yeah, I'm it. I'm excited because, you know, I haven't been on too many podcasts. So, yeah, yeah no, no, we're, we're sorry. Sorry, Jeff. No, we're, we're excited to host you, man. I, I think you've got a very unique background. Uh, you've had a wealth of knowledge in the commercial real estate space. And, you know, we had talked briefly offline about yeah. some of the projects that you're working on. And so, I'm interested to kind of dive into some of that as well. And I think you're really going to be able to provide a lot of value to our audience. So what would we typically do when we first get started with the, with the interview process is we like to learn a little bit more about the person that's across the table from us. So if you don't mind kind of sharing your backstory, I think that'd be great. Yeah. Um, I've been in the business 35 years and um, predominantly in office space and leasing office space and uh I had a huge project in uh, in Hamilton, New Jersey, which over the years I sort of developed, and um, it was basically doing large deals in the nineties, uh, eighties, and nineties. And then, you know, every every recession cycle, we've seen sort of a downsizing in the size of 
deals that we've been doing over the years. So it originally would have been like 15, 20,000 square foot uh, office leasing, you know, sort of five, 10 year deals. And then it became 10, five. And I would say by after 08, it became sort of like three to 5,000 was tough to find. Um, and when I say fine, because it was basically, you were stealing from one building to another. Um, there weren't new tenants, um, pretty much existing clients who you're trying to uh, bring over to your space. And I, I started wondering that, is this really what I want to be doing? Because the margins were thinning out and, you know, it becomes unpleasant when you're stealing tenants, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and it's all based on numbers. Um, it just doesn't make sense from a, from a sort of a business strategy. And, you know, there's no sustainability to it. And then um, in 2014, we, we had a 30,000 square foot um, area in one of the buildings we had that um, was vacant for four years. And I said to my partners, look, I get calls every day for small space. Let's build small space. That's what the market wants. So we built small space there. And within 18 months, it was fully leased. And I knew that I was onto something when, I, when we did that. And uh, so we bought another building in Mount Laurel. Um, and then my partners didn't want to come with me. Um, they, wanted, they were retiring. They wanted out. So we sold the big project we had in Hamilton. I took over the Mount Laurel project and rebranded it as Kiwi Offices. And that's where the story was born. The first generation was actually in that other location in Hamilton. So I had learned a lot about design of the sizes, what clients want, and the sizes became smaller. Um, so sort of I termed it studio offices for lease and Mount Laurel was filled up as well. Uh, and to this day it's full. Um, so I bought another building in Cherry Hill and that was in 2019. By the time I got approvals, it was like February, March, 2020, and then boom. Oh. Uh, COVID hit. So I put everything on hold. Um, in the meantime, I was juggling with Mount Laurel because I was losing tenants there because of the COVID situation. But within like a month after the lockdown, um, different type of tenants were coming in. So I knew there's something to be said about this model. There's definitely, uh, it, it, it's been proven under stress. And sure enough, we're back to 100%. And I, uh, I've already leased out about one third of Cherry Hill um, without it being finished. Um, we're hopefully yes. gonna be of, uh, lease, moving people in on November one, that's the day. Um, but like I said to you earlier, um, the, the construction end of it has just been a total struggle. Um, but that's, that's really where um, I see a niche for smaller operators like myself. Um, as far as the larger office users, the corporates, I think they're going to be downsizing and it's actually happening as I speak. You know, every time a lease comes up, I think everybody's, you know, reducing their footprint and there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot of uh, struggling landlords and they're going to have to rethink their, their, um, their product, uh, maybe repurpose yeah. or whatever it is, but we're, we're definitely in a, in a changing environment in commercial office. Um, I would say the same for retail uh, and, the only really strong sectors are industrial and um, and uh, multifamily. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of the downsizing occurring. You know, here in Louisville in particular, mm -hmm. our downtown was already kind of struggling before COVID, and then yeah. with COVID, 
Um, you know, we had an exodus of, of some larger employers that just decided that they didn't necessarily need the amount of footprint they, they in that particular downtown area because their employees were like, well, you know, if we can just have, you know, stay at home or whatever yeah. else. And, you know, they decided to kind of reduce their footprint. So I definitely don't think it's an, 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 an I think it's not uncommon and I think it's going to be a trend that continues to go forward over time. And you had mentioned, uh, you know, your, your, your background, where are you originally from? Are you with I, yeah, Kiwi? I, yeah. I grew up yeah. in England. I'm not from New Zealand. Okay. okay. Uh, um, <laughs> everybody, I figured. everybody, that's actually an icebreaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, they go, where are you from? Where are you from uh, in New Zealand? I, I'm actually not from New Zealand. Um, the pro- all the projects we've had in the past have been birds one was Ibis, and mm. I, I go for the short, um, the short, uh, short names like Kiwi. I don't have to spell it three times to people. Um, it's great for marketing. It's easy to identify, um, but that's the that's the origin. Um, it's brilliant, that's, really. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. but the UK like is where. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny because I saw that I was like you know because I, I I you know I did some research on you prior to us hopping on the call and mm-hmm. I noticed that you had went to university uh in in England as well yeah. the University of yeah. Lancaster University um yeah. but Leicester. uh let le, what I'm sorry Leicester, was it yeah. Leicester yeah. Leicester unit yeah Americans call it Leicester but it's like yeah Leicester <laughs> Leicester I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah. I, I, I mispronounced it but uh but yeah I noticed that and 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 I was kind of well, I wanted to ask you about that because I figured oh maybe he just happened to go there uh, but he was maybe originally from New Zealand. So I'm glad that we kind of clarified that. It's definitely an interesting fact. And it came in handy. What I studied came in handy. I studied economics mm-hmm. and um, I thought I would really? never use it after I f- finished my final exams. And um, <laughs> it's actually been, it's actually come in very handy because, you know, I have to follow the economic cycles. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, it's, uh, it's good to have that background. But uh, sales is what I really enjoy. I enjoy the interaction with the people um, and uh, construction is not my favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm a jack of all trades. Being a small developer, I'm a jack of all trades. And yeah. that's really what keeps us going. Absolutely. I kind of want to take a step back, Chris, and, yeah. and see, because I think you briefly touched on it, but I'm not 100% there about uh, what actually got you interested in commercial real estate and to getting into this career um can you kind of walk us through that yeah it, it was really by accident um i never sort of originally thought it out it was a uh, an investment that i got involved in initially um and it sort of went from there um i i actually was interested more in uh, residential real estate uh when i left when i left college um i wanted to sort of redo and flip houses that was my sort of uh yeah. sort of Attention to to, to 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 sort of the natural core, and uh, and then ended up in and I think commercial is way better because there's no emotions involved um, in the buying or leasing. It's purely contractual business, whilst residential is is very personal and emotional buy, um, yeah. and that's what I think. Uh, sort of, I'm, I'm glad I went into commercial. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's kind of indicative of a, of a lot of the people that we we talk to because, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's two people typically that that get into commercial real estate. It's those that have a, f- a family background in it where maybe yeah. their family was in it. And those that just kind of by happenstance just happen to fall into yeah. it. 
You know, I'm I know in that, that second one. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's, I'm yeah. in that camp too. And that camp too. I mean, I, I studied engineering in college and got into software development. And then I just so happened to fall into the commercial industry, you know, after five or six years of doing the, the, the development side of things. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think it, what it showcases is that there's no one size fits all person that falls into or comes into the, but it, but it takes a certain personality to survive in the brokerage. End. Sure. Um, oh yeah. That, that, that's like a really tough industry um, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. where you're sort of representing landlords or, or tenants. Um, I, 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 I remember one of the brokers that I used to deal with a lot used to say to me, my entire team of cowboys <laughs> because that, you know it takes a certain type to survive on commissions only um mm -hmm. and it's very true i think yeah. the model has changed now with the with the bigger firms but it's still pretty much you're dependent on every deal that you make you're as good as your next deal absolutely so yeah yeah and and that is that is something that you know a lot of people don't realize when they yeah. get into it is they they think oh yeah i'll just hit the ground running and it's like well you know, I There's took a pipeline me, to fill. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think, I mean, my first deal was like a small office deal. It was like, I mean, like 900 bucks or something. And then afterwards I made, I didn't make anything for like four months. And then I finally mm -hmm. made something else and then COVID hit. And then I was on my, you know, on my tail for five, four months or whatever. So it's, it, it's a brutal, it's a brutal startup point. And so maybe if you could touch on, you know, some of the early struggles you faced in that, in that uh, time frame when you first got started, you know, what are some of the lessons you learned and maybe how do you overcome those op obstacles? I think um, our industry, uh, the office, uh, office leasing industry, it's very, very uh, archaic. It's, um, it hasn't really changed that much in the years I've been in the business. Um, it's literally the same model. Um, you know, you have your brokers, you know, landlord rep reps, tenant reps, um, uh, landlords really don't get involved in marketing as much as, uh, you know, just running their, their operations. Um, and that's what changed for me when I developed Kiwi, because it became more of a sort of a real estate, commercial real estate model um, with a business model, because we do all the marketing. We actually bypass brokers because brokers are not interested in dealing with us because commissions are not there. Uh, you know, a one-year deal for a 200-square-foot space <laughs> that, you know, is not even going to fill the gas tank. Yeah. Um, so we started marketing direct. And um, that's, that's what I find um, sort of... And when we sold one of our projects in, uh, in uh, Hamilton, uh, I struggled with explaining to the lenders the, uh, the model for basically what became Kiwi because they couldn't understand it for an office space to have one year deals, you know, multiple tenancies like this. It, it seemed like a, how could you even entertain that, that, that model? And you do it with multifamily. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing, you know, um, it's just that they're so indoctrinated and they want, you know, five, 10 year deals, you know, they want to sort of do that long-term financing. And then they, you know, it's, everything's forgotten about until, in, until the next financing deal. So it's lender driven and everybody else sort of follows that model. Um, so I've kind of find, I found new ways of trying to finance the projects, uh, smaller banks who you can explain the model to, and it makes a lot of sense and the margins are better. And, you know, there's, there's, there's more cash flow and there's also actually um, a lot of velocity to the deals. 
Like if you lose a, a 5,000 square foot tenant in a building, you're gonna wait maybe six months to one year to, you know, to fill that space up again, maybe yeah. longer. Whilst, you know, when we lose deals, there's another deal that just fills it in because there's a demand for it and it's ready-made, it's ready to go. Um, are you seeing with the Kiwi offices, like as far as tenants goes, are they more so like startups, like someone who's coming from their house to now going into, uh, maybe I need an actual are office? That, that's one segment, but there's a, a multitude of segments of um, the client base. It could be, you know, uh, it could be someone who's working from home, doesn't want to work from home. Um, so once they're in space, professional space, there's no dogs, there's no kids, <laughs> you know, um, then there's the sort of the, the, the individual operators like a lawyer, an accountant or a IT guy who just wants their own space. Um, then there's uh, larger firms who have like, you know, sales team of three or four people that they don't want to commit to a big office space. And this works well because there's a small office and there's meeting rooms and they can have their, you know, two-day meetings, three-day meetings in the, in the office for a couple of yeah. hours, and that's all they need it for. So it's a whole host. I actually had, uh, I was saying another interview, I had um, this one guy who literally was uh, dealing in snuggly toys, soft toys. He was a collector, and yeah. he just filled the whole place up with these soft toys. He had shelving arranged, and there was UPS coming and going, and he was trading and doing stuff, and it was a hobby. Um, so Wow. <laughs> So there, you know, it's whatever use you, you know, you can make of it, but it's there. And um, the commitment is limited. You can go month to month, you can go one year, um, but it is an individual office. It's not shared space. Um, the only shared space we have are the conference rooms. And that sort of is um, done on a calendar that everybody shares. And you go and you book the, the, the time and place, but it's all included in the price, which is, I think the biggest attraction of, you know, for, for Kiwi is that, it's, yeah, it's, it's a one rent thing. There's no sort of additional billing things that you don't know about. Um, so it's really worked out well. And I and, and it's kind of geared for that small user who wants to know the bottom line. Um, you know, so really, my ideal user is a small business person or professional. That's awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah, and 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 you know, Jeff knows this, but you know, during COVID, I tried to you know buy a building to do a similar concept because I saw the trend. Yeah. potentially going in that direction. And and the biggest hurdle I faced was the lending side. The lenders yeah. just did not understand they the concept. No. And not yeah. only that, but during COVID in particular, they're like, who the heck is going to be, yeah. you know, in an office, you know, yeah. it just didn't make any sense. And so that, that was the biggest hurdle I faced, but, you know, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you've had so much success in that space because I, I thought the same thing. I was thinking the same thing a couple of years ago and, you know, just kind of showcases. There's really no shift. competition. That's the yeah. thing. I mean, Regis is not com competition to me because they're way more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, it's a different sort of service level. You know, they handle your mail. They, you know, you have to do your printing through them. You know, this is your own space. You bring your own printer. You get a, you, you do get a USPS address out of it. So, that, you know, it is actually a physical address. So you can register on Google My Business. Um, but I think the most, the, the most difficult part is there's a huge upfront cost because building small spaces is way more expensive. Um, but on the back end, you don't have the same sort of TI uh, that goes on at every lease deal. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, that was what used to hurt me most. You know, you'd spend an arm and a leg, you get that five-year deal, 
And at the end of the five years, if they left, you get a new client who wants a completely different configuration and you'd have to go yeah. through that entire expense again. And I was thinking, you know, this is so much waste in this. Whilst yeah. um, with the Kiwi model, it's the same space. We change a few carpet tiles, we repaint, and, you know, you're off, off, off to the races, so to speak. Um, yeah. yeah, sounds like a great model. Yeah. 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 No, hundred percent, and 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 I think it fills the need that that is it's a growing demand. I'm sure, and I'm sure you're going to see the trend continue along uh, going forward. But you know, do you think this is somewhat in response to COVID, or I guess wh where do you see the evolution of this? Yeah, going I, in the I, I actually think I actually think um, when I the, the first time I had the idea of doing it was in around 2002, and I found this building near Princeton. And I was looking at it and I thought, okay, I think I can make this work if I get it at the right price. So I lowballed the price to try and buy the building. It was a vacant building and I missed the deal. Somebody else walked in and you know, picked it up before me for a better price. And so I put the idea on a business because the, the, the upfront cost is big because um, you're yeah. literally redesigning the building um, you know, from, a, from an engineering perspective and from you know, the, the small... The, the, the small the small sizes of the spaces because every office wall has to go to the deck yeah. um, you know for privacy and fire and um, uh, what I found was um, those calls were coming in all that time it wasn't like we didn't get those calls it's just that you know they would they would mainly go to a broker sometimes I would get direct calls people you know looking is there a sort of sublet op opportunity or you know, so I knew yeah. those that inquiry those inquiries were there. That's why I, I sort of thought of doing it. And then in 2014 is when you know we had the space and we think let's just do it. Um, you know, there was no there was no deals coming in. So yeah. um, I think the demand has always been there and it's actually gone unaddressed. The small user because most small users either have to find sublet or they're going to find some basement in a sort of a commercial house, um, you know, uh, it's it's really difficult. Um, Regis had that market, but it was very high end and it was very expensive. So, um, and it was designed, you know, to be flash and, you know, uh, to sort of impress, so yeah. to speak, you know, for a small business. Um, and most small businesses can't afford it. Uh, and they don't want to have someone printing their stuff and going and collecting it from a, a a printer that's sort of commonly used. You have to run to the printer to pick up your batch. Um, yeah. So stuff like that. So I knew that the demand, the demand was there. I knew that I could make it work. It was just that I had to find um, uh, the right time and the right um, cost. In the case of the uh, larger space that we did initially, the suites were larger. And I have to say, when we opened up, I thought they're going to go like hotcakes. And it took me about two, three months to get momentum with marketing and advertising. But once, once the momentum started, it restart. But always the draw was, don't you have something smaller? Because you know, everybody's looking at price. So when mm. we did the Mount Laurel, I built many more smaller suites and those really flew off. I mean, you know, for 395 a month turnkey for a small space, you can't beat that. Um, yeah, no. you know, and it's uh, furnished and it's furnished. It's furnished. It comes with in hardwired internet. Um, wow. Yeah. So, and especially in our area, maybe in Louisville, it could be cheaper, but you know, in our area, three ninety five is a steal. Um, yeah. Uh, I've I've had to sort of you know 
reprice some of them, the bigger they get, you know, it becomes four ninety five, five ninety five. But um, if you want a nice windowed office, it's around five ninety five. Um, the rest have like small skylights, and um, but daylight is really important, which is difficult to get once you start getting small because on the first floor you're never going to get it on a two story. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I've I, I, I've tried to stick to single story. Um, but I do have larger spaces. I have like 800 square feet, 1,000 square feet, which is large for us. And they too are popular. It's just that the velocity for those aren't, isn't quite the same. Uh, I might have to wait you know, 60 days before I rent it out. Um, but I have a wait list for, Ham- uh, for Mount Laurel uh, right now, I'm full. Um, and I get calls every day. Uh, so that's how, how, how I would say how strong the demand is still. Um, I'm kind of weary about we're going into a recession now, maybe. How is it going to pan out? But I'm figuring people will downsize into the space oh, yeah. during, you know, during a recession. So yeah. that kind of, you, you threw a little like tips and tricks out there. Kind of, uh, so I actually want to ask this is so yeah. someone who's looking at a building, I'm assuming that you're going to tell them shoot for a single story. Um, what's some more things that they can do to maybe position their own building, say they have a single story and they're trying to do what you've yeah. kind of done? Well, there's a huge learning curve. Remember, this is my third project now. Yeah. Um, I've learned a lot about the marketing. Um, you have to know where to market, how to market, and who to market to. Um, and very difficult to find that. Like, try finding a list of small businesses. It is really difficult because... Small business is what defined as what anything below ten people. Yeah, that's way too big for me. <laughs> for most of the people I'm trying to reach, um, but um, so and, and actually Craigslist is a really good place to to market. Uh, believe it or not, um, and especially now that they're charging. If you go under the office space section, you actually have oh. to pay for the ads, which has kind of thrown a lot of people off because they, you know, when you're used to getting it for free. Nobody wants to pay, but um, it's actually a very good place to market. Um, I'm giving all my trade secrets away because I'm actually not threatened by other people doing it. I think it will actually make it better for me if I have competition um, in that, you know, I think more people will go to it. More people will be aware of it. Um, I mean, I have people who will sort of say, I didn't even know you existed, you know. So, you know, a Google search will find us eventually. But, you know, when you search it, maybe I don't come up and boom, I've lost that, that client. Um, but uh, it sounds like a, a making of a new ebook that sounds like you yeah. could write, Chris, and <laughs> maybe sell for $25 a piece yeah. or something. Here you go. Here's all my trade Small secrets. Universe, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. That's niche. That's a very niche yeah. market. But, but yeah. my advice to people who have got a property that's vacant, um, whatever it is, is think out of the box, um, you know, find a, find a niche of some sort, because that's where, that's where you're really gonna um, get your margins. If you're doing what everybody else is doing, there's no margins there. Um, there's so much space available. Um, so it could be because where you're located is perfect for that particular use. And, and I think townships and municipalities and cities are much more, uh, um, uh, they're more inclined to now consider, you know, different uses because, you know, their tax dollars are being hurt um, with vacancies. Uh, 
So they also have to start now considering, you know, what can we allow? What, you know, let's work with this guy, you know? Uh, and, I, and, and the building I bought in Cherry Hill was vacant for eight years. And the town um, was ecstatic that someone was interested in redevelopment because it was like an eyesore. Um, and they, they actually did, they did everything to help us. Um, so I think that those things are changing in our industry um, because of the, you know, the economy and the, you know, the digi digital age has changed a lot of things. Um, I mean, I do my showings remotely. And that to me is wow. huge savings because we have cameras in all the common areas and all our offices are fitted out with uh, keypads. So it's a centralized locking and I can open doors remotely and I can drive traffic through the building left, right, make a left. Okay, what do you think of this suite? Open the door and boom. And if they don't show up because they decide not to show up, I'm not stuck waiting at the building, you know, for another half an hour waiting in case they're late. Um, I'm behind my computer. Um, and that to me, you know, is the use of technology at its yeah. best, especially during COVID. I was able to show space during, I didn't have to show up, you know? Um, and when you're renting a one-room office, you're not affecting anybody else. Um, you know, you're wearing a mask. You go into your office, boom. You know, it was it was it was a kind of a, a windfall from sort of the perspective of knowing, you know, it even worked under COVID. Um, mm -hmm. Whilst most of the office buildings were shut. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Have you seen and like to this a... day? <laughs> some oh yeah. Shut, you know. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh man, have have you seen like a community kind of build out of the? Yes, the, yeah, there the is an ecosystem. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you have lawyers and accountants, they start talking, and uh, you know, when a new tenant comes in, I'll make introductions to people I think they'd be interested in meeting. Um, so I'll do it, you know, by email. You know, you might be interested in you know knowing who this is, um, and uh, yeah, that's my that my business cap comes on, you know? So I'm not just a sort of a real estate developer. I'm actually an entrepreneur is what I would call it. And yeah. um, I think that's why I love the space I've got right now. Uh, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, I'm thrilled by the sort of, the, um, if you go on my LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, we have to, I, I don't know if we're linked, but if you go on my LinkedIn, you'll see I have a like, oh, I have over 50 or 55 recommendations. Um, and they're all prior tenants, uh, existing and old, older tenants. Um, uh, so it's, I've got that, which in our industry is also unusual because landlord tenants usually have that sort of barrier. Um, yeah. I try to, I look at them more as clients than I do as tenants. Definitely. Well, that's a great, that's a great insight. Oh, that's a great way to look at it too, because then yeah. you, you provide service, you're providing service right. to those individuals. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. One thing I'm curious about is, you know, obviously you've learned a lot over the last several years of doing this, and I'm sure there were some very high highs and some lows as well yeah, through that absolutely. experience. So what advice would you give yourself if you had to go back to, you know, the time where you decided to take on, you know, the your first project? I should have done this 10 years ago, <laughs> 15 <laughs> years ago. I should have started way earlier. I would have been, I would have had way more uh, sites and, um, it would have been a, a, a bigger brand. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do. Everything is, I've standardized everything. Um, you know, the colors, the look. So a bit like um, trying to be a Marriott or a, a Hilton in the office space business where you know what you're gonna get. 
Um, but I actually liken it more to sort of like a service department versus a hotel because we don't have those services like a Regis does. I would say Regis is more like a, a hotel in the office space business and we're more like this sort of service department. Um, and uh, uh, the, the, the benefits of being an office, in an office, in a professional office setting, you're in an office building, someone looks up your address, they see an office building, they don't see sort of, you know, a home and you're working out of your basement. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of, uh, and then I have a lot of people like, um, there'll be insurance people who have to have a physical address. They can't work from home because of their licensing. Um, I've actually had, I would say at least um, 20 inquiries from, uh, from internet uh, auto, uh, automobile dealerships, people who sell cars, who need to have a physical address because that's what the law requires in their state especially in New Jersey. But unfortunately, my, um, uh, the way our, our construction works doesn't meet their requirements. So I've not been yeah. able to close any of those deals. And I try, to, I try to contact the DMV and ask them, why do you have to have um, you know, uh, a firewall uh, for a small space? Yeah. And they go, well, you know, because it's security and safety. I'm thinking most car dealerships are made of glass walls, <laughs> you know, um, but it, that's yeah. like written into the law. So you can't. And there are a few buildings in New Jersey that are grandfathered when they change that law. And I, and, I, and I specifically believe they change it because of the internet, because the law changed, I think, in 2006 or 2007, where they changed the specs so that people on the internet couldn't actually buy and sell cars. Um, as a profession. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's an interesting fact. Yeah. 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 <laughs> one of, one of our friends locally owns a car dealership and he's in a, mm -hmm. you know, a literally, a. I don't even know how to describe it. What, what would it be called, Jeff? Like he, a, it's, it's like a mini office. He built, he kind of took like a shed package. Like you'd buy a yard. It's shed a standalone. And, it's a standalone. Yeah. 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 A little, yeah. That's how uh, he, he met the requirement. Yeah, yeah he even, turned it into an office, and yeah, it doesn't even have a bathroom. Doesn't, doesn't have a bathroom yeah. or anything. It's just like a little shit. It's like all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's how he got around it. It, it has been working for what two years, three years now. Yeah, several years. I mean, yeah. he's he's had the business yeah. for since 2016, I think. But he's been scaling since then. But but he still has that little little office he has, and seems to work yeah. fine. And if you don't have that. Um, then you have to pay sales tax and when you're buying and selling. Whilst there's a dealer, you avoid all that. Um, so that those are the advantages. But there's a, there's a, I mean, it's a huge community now, apparently, that's looking for space. Um, uh, but you'd literally have to bring, build your offices with cinder block to be able to have. So basically the roof, if the roof caved in, your roof shouldn't cave in because your neighbor's roof caves, uh, caves in. So to build something like that it would have to be specially designed, mm -hmm. um, but that's a niche. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you, and you may be able to charge, you may be able to charge a whole lot more too. Oh I mean, yeah. 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 I'm sure. I, I, my, my, my office is at 395. The local um, buildings that had uh, the grandfathering are charging something like, you know, between 1200 to 1500. Um, because, you know, if you, that, that's the cheapest uh, sort of, legal space you're going to get um so they benefited from the grandfathering but you know i, I think it was the 
the lobby for the dealerships that prevented, you know, letting the smaller guy in. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe you can just in, in one of your properties, maybe like you could have a building just not the Design main building, stuff, but like yeah. just yeah, just like a small building. And I don't know how big of a footprint each office has to have, but if you can make them into 200 square foot spaces or 100, 100 square yeah. foot space or whatever, you know, just to kind of satisfy that. Who knows? That's and you could charge. That, that's definitely you want. if you if you check with the DMV of your state to see what the requirements are, you could design, you know, if that's the thing is it would take me off course which oh, I get is it. why no, i, I didn't it. do it but yeah. i've been very tempted because you know the numbers make a lot of sense the margins are you know um very attractive yeah well uh chris i know we've gained a ton of value for you so we should start rounding out the podcast here and one of the particular questions because uh Raphael, all of our listeners i'm sure uh, are avid readers and or you know audiobook listeners um so the question is is what is one of the most impactful books that you've read and it can be any time in your life and it doesn't have to be in commercial real estate it could be anything that maybe has changed their trajectory or maybe you know sparked an idea or something like that well recently i um uh, <laughs> i'm not going to say one of the books i read because it's, it, it might be deemed political but um <laughs> but uh there was a book that i read um two years ago, which um, I have to pick up what the book's name was again. Um, uh, can I follow up with you on that? Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to remember, it was the author and the book. I'm at that age now where I really have to- Recall. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but I've read some, some books that have influenced, you know, you know what it is, if you just get a few nuggets from each book That's, that you read. Oh, yeah. Um, that's really what it is. But um, uh, I, I think the general theme of what I look for is how can I look at something that there's a problem and how can you sort of turn that problem into a, into a, a sort of an asset? And that's really what I say, you've got to think out of the box. Everything has a solution to it. It's just you have to find it. And if you're stuck in a particular building and you're looking for um, you know, to lease it, there is a tenant out there that's going to be a perfect fit. You've got to find what the, who that tenant is and what kind of user that tenant is. And that's really the way you've got to look at it. And um, the only way you can do that is by networking, um, understanding, you know, where you are, what the market is demanding and meet those demands. Um, and that's what most of the books out there sort of kind of skirts around. They're trying to sort of, you know, um, find the niche of what a solution is to something. And um, I, I, I always say, use this, you know, use the gray, gray matter. Um, it's not always about what everybody else is doing. Um, and we do have, in this country, we do have a herd mentality, um, you know, and you can see it from the numbers, you know, everybody's into multifamily and industrial now, and they're willing to pay top dollar and um, uh, I actually remember reading one of uh, Donald Trump's books many years ago, um, The Art of the Deal. Mm. And he said in yeah. there, he said in there, and that stuck with me. He said in there, if you buy it at the right price, okay, it's all up, it's all up, it's, it's, it's all upside. If you buy it at the wrong price, there's no more upside. And basically, 
um, if you buy it low enough, you'll find something that'll make it work. And you know, you'll be able to spend money to, to, to get there. Um, and the secret to real estate is buying it at the right price. It really is. Because um, if you overpay, you can't get, you can't, you can't sort of, there's no gap there to, to sort of meet. Um, and it is a numbers game. You've got to crunch your numbers. You've got to make sure your numbers are correct. And I screwed up with the Cherry Hill deal. I just bought it cheap enough because it was a vacant building. It was old. Nobody wanted it. Everybody was like, couldn't get financing. So we, I went in there with a cash offer. And, you know, people said, you stole it. Well, actually, right now, if you look at my numbers, I didn't steal it. I've spent so much because I've gone over budget um, because of COVID. Um, you know, it's like 35% over budget, uh, which is substantial. Had I overpaid for the property, it would have killed me. Um, yeah. I'm still able to, to make it work because I paid the right price. Yeah, that's a, on a, roughly on other commercial projects, I'll tell you that's normally what it's been going over, especially if they started yeah. at the beginning of COVID. It, it, the, the margins of that overage have been dropping. So now it's maybe 15% typically on a project. So yeah. I, I wouldn't sell yourself too well, short. Well, only because you're everyone... pricing it better because you're more recent. Mine was the 2019 budget. Yeah. And it, I'm at least 35% over that budget. And yeah. that's with shopping that's it about... to death and trying to, you know, trying to make everything work. Um, it's been brutal, brutal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it wouldn't be fun otherwise. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Well, and it just goes to show the importance of of giving yourself some margin when you're yeah. when you're doing these things because we can't predict the future. I mean, we're not fortune no. tellers. We're not people who you know that you don't know if something like a. I mean, who thought COVID was going to happen? I mean, yeah. I mean, we we no one knew until it started go, kind of going getting out of control, and then all of a sudden it is what it is, and we had to respond to it. So, you know, Very giving true. yourself margin in life in general is probably a good piece of advice. Well, now with the with the financing side, uh, the numbers have changed. Um, So you know, it's uh, like you said. And who would have predicted inflation after you know thirty, thirty five, forty years of no inflation, Mm -hmm. Um, virtually no inflation? Um, (laughs) Well, if you if you print two trillion dollars, I think that that kind of that kind of that'll do it. That'll do. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) I don't think you have to be an economics major to you know (laughs) to. Yeah, and now and now they're you know they're going to waive the um, the student debt, yeah, student debt, which is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we, I'm sure we could talk about the 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 foibles of of those decisions, but all uh, for hours. It's funny because someone said to me the um the one of the candidates for the British Prime Ministership is um is a woman called Trust, and they're comparing it to Margaret Thatcher. And I said, well, it's Margaret Thatcher without the fiscal conservatism, <laughs> because mm-hmm. all these politicians just handing out money, um, you know, whether you're on the sort of a Republican banner or, you know, a, a liberal banner, it really makes no difference. Um, they're all spending. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think what attracted people to conservatism was the fiscal part. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, 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 you know, I'm hopeful yeah. that, you know, people start to realize that, you know, you can't, you can't spend your way out of a situation. No. I mean, I think there's a yeah. certain point in time where you have to realize that in order for us to, you know, provide a better life for everyone in the future, we have to, ascend, it, I mean, so the, the Piper's going to come due at some point, yeah. whether you want to just keep kicking yeah. the can down the road and not. I'm do actually it. shocked that it lasted this long. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know, 
they were they were juggling it, juggling it, juggling it, and you know, mm-hmm. I guess the dam burst. <laughs> yeah, but, definitely. But yeah, I know. But sure. obviously, you know, we 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 greatly appreciate your time today, and I, I gained a lot of value from the discussion. And it's great to Thank you. to Likewise. hear the to hear the the insights you shared pertaining to the smaller office market because I I 100% agree with you. I think that you know there is still such an untapped demand for it. And I'm really looking forward to following along with your journey going forward and I'm sure you're going to have a pretty sizable brand in the, in the next coming the coming years and so we're really excited to keep it keep in touch. One thing that we typically do at the end of the podcast is we like to ask our uh, guests uh, to provide something to what we call the CRE treasure chest. It's a repository of resources that we typically make available to our audience. And, you know, typically people have contributed something like a P- helpful PDF, Excel sheet, really anything that they feel would would give value to our audience. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to share uh, what are you willing to contribute today? Um, let me think about that too. <laughs> oh, sure. No, no. And, and, yeah. and we, we can make this a, you know, for those of you guys who are listening, this will be a, a surprise. Um, surprise. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. So you'll have to check out our... Uh, our CRE Academy uh, link uh, in in the description, and then you can access it, and you'll be able to find out what Chris contributed. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Chris, I know that I gained a lot of value, and I know the listeners will as well. But if they have any questions or want to contact you about your uh, the Kiwi offices Absolutely. or any of that, uh, what's what avenue do you want them to take to to get in contact they can, with you? They can email me. It's probably the best way. Um, okay. I'm very responsive. So um, an email, whether it's another landlord or a building owner or, you know, yeah. um, a, a prospective developer, I'd be happy to, to, to share. Um, yeah, so. well, thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. No, we greatly appreciate that. And for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast format, we'll, we'll include all his information in the description. And if you guys are watching this on YouTube, it will also be in the description. So go ahead and uh, click away. And, you know, if you, if you feel like if they need to reach out, I th- you highly encourage you as, as you probably uh, garnered from this podcast episode, Chris is just a very, you know, giving individual and he's, you know, he'd be, I'm sure he'd love to yeah. share whatever in- insights he can with you guys. So, well, thank you. thank, thank you. So you much, thank you so much, Chris. We, Jeff. we greatly thank appreciate you. your time. Uh, you know, we, we definitely gained a lot of insights from the podcast. If you guys are listening to this in a podcast format, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a five-star review. It really has made an impact in our, our downloads and, you know, the continual growth of a podcast. So we would greatly appreciate that. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe to this channel. It really helps with the YouTube algorithm and ensures more and more people can hear this message and learn about the many facets of commercial real estate. So thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you all next time.